Blog Talk Radio. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, good evening. God bless you. God bless you. BTW Ministries. Deliverance through the word. We uh, somebody asked what what do those initials stand for? Deliverance through the word. Deliverance through worship. Deliverance through working. As you move forward in God, we move from strength to strength, from rank to rank. Every round goes higher and higher. Tell a friend. Tell a neighbor. Three one nine two five two seven. 6091 is the number to call if you're not able to get on social media. Let me again, 319-527-6091. This is the 1947th episode of Purpose Kingdom right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host tonight of DTW Ministries, um, Brother Aaron, Reverend Aaron Williams, and we're just so glad that you're with us. You know, we thank God for you, you know, and um, we're just going to come in, you know, hit it quick, you know, and, and move on. You know, I, I continue to say I, I try to put things together, try to put sermons together, but that's not how the Lord sometimes does it with me, just you know, deposit some things in me. You know, I got to get better. Pray for brother. I got to get better at studying and getting into the depths of the word. But as I was sitting, you know, in in, in service on Sunday, something the Lord dropped something in me that was really just really, um, I would say, disturbing. And, and as I meditated on it, you know, for the last couple of days, you know, I, I thought it was going to leave. I was going to look for get something else. But this is what I believe the Lord gave us for tonight. So, God, we do again thank you and we bless you. Thank you for your word that's forever settled in heaven. God, we thank you that you're a sure foundation. God, we thank you for your word that lives on the inside. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing things to our remembrance, the words that you gave me, God, even when I had forgotten them and you brought them back to my remembrance. God, and I thank you, God, and I pray that the words of my mouth the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. God, I pray for Pastor Toy, God, and her family, God, and a lost of her mother, God, and I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would undergird and strengthen her, that you would be with the family and comfort them in the name of Jesus. And we just pray, God, that as we speak tonight, God, again, that you not only would anoint, God, but that you would send it out where you want, that you would send it to those that would hear it and receive it on good ground, that it would bring forth fruit to your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good evening, Mom. See that you got on. Got glad to have you with us. We just thank God, you know. And and, and I want to keep this 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 train of thought in my mind because as as, as the topic goes and, and the title I gave it. You know, I believe um, our souls from the Lord is lost in translation. You know, um, and 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 it, the, the the thing that made me think of this is um, I always hear it, and, and I'm even I'm guilty of saying it myself. It's common sense. 
you know, um, and, and I, I, I looked up the definition because I, I, I've always said for the past, at least the past decade, there's no such thing as common sense anymore because what our knowledge base is, is different. You know, we grow up in silos with social media. We grow up with our own friends. We grow up in our own circles. We all grow up sometimes in our own Internet community, not really coming out um, and being amongst people where we're learning things out side of our circle. So when it comes to common sense and the definition of common sense, and the first part of it really blew my mind and said, good sense. I was like, wow, you know, that's real easy. Um, but it said good sense and sound judgment in practical manners. And when, when it, it came from common sense because it was the knowledge base that was known amongst common folk. Why? Because common folk did Folks didn't have sophisticated jobs and sophisticated technologies. You, you one have basically maybe one or two different professions, maybe five in a whole town. You had the you had the person who was the blacksmith. You know, you had the person who, who was the tanner or the leather maker. You you had the farmer. You know, you you had the taxer. You had you had certain professions, you know, in villages and as, as society grew, that was common, that when you ran into people, knowledge base was common because everyone came from a common place of knowledge, a common place of information, a common place of practice, a common place of culture. But in this multiplicity, multiplicity, you hear that, Rob? Multiplicity <laughs> society that we're in now, you know, where we have factions and fractions of society and cultures and subcultures within cultures, you know, it, when, when we run into people and we say, that's common sense. No, that's common sense in your group. But I have my own group, which, you know, is, is isolated. I have my group who, you know, who does and practices things different. We have, and we have become cultures to ourselves. So when we're thinking common sense, it no longer is no longer put in practice or even doesn't make sense as as a quote or as some type of lingo or language that we use in today's society because we don't have things in common anymore. I'm going to read this full definition. It says, the basic ability to perceive, understand, and judge in a manner that is shared by nearly all people. Uh, this is why we're having an influx of teaching, <laughs> and not biblical teaching, not godly teaching, not not moral teaching, you know, but teaching of our society. When when now we have where the word of God was the one that dictated, the, the word of God was the beat that we marched to. But now when we have where we have society and culture dictating, now we're changing from house to house, from city to city, from town to town, from village to village, because we have some people that still believe a whole bunch of things, that still believe, you know, that because of my skin color, I should be, you know, in a certain place or should be in a certain station. You know, we have the, the caste system that's overseas, you know, in, in Asia, you know, in certain parts of Asia where if you're born into a certain system, you're born into a certain society, you're born into a certain family, you can never rise above your station. You know, it's a called a caste system. 
You know, and that same system is something that our practices here, even in the Americas, where because of not just your place in society where you're born, not just your family, not just your job title, but because of skin color. We call it racism here, you know, but we have cultural differences that don't allow common sense to be that common no more. We now have what is called culture. You know, and culture is dictating. Hey, Steve, bless you. Culture begins to dictate the the the, the when society begins to dictate what the word of God says. And this is why I put down lost in translation because as you even heard, it, it was certain words. And I'm gonna say this word here. I hope I don't get cancer. But the word back 50 years ago, 60 years ago, not even 100 years ago, someone came and said to another man, "Hey, man, you you I can see that you're pretty gay today." You know, you you would say, "Oh, well, thank you," because because gay held a different meaning, held a different definition, and, and it meant to be giddy, it meant to be happy, to mean cheerful, you know, but now if you say that to a man, you know, heterosexual, you know, people call them homophobics, whatever you want to call it, you, you, you might get hurt, you might get hit in the face, you might get punched in the mouth, you know, if you call someone, you know, use those words today, you know, and depending on who you're talking to, someone might take it as a compliment, someone take it as offensive, what I'm trying to say is that things have been moved suddenly, and I have to put the scripture in here because the enemy doesn't always attack us with things that move us immediately. He, he's playing the long game. He, he, he's, he's learned to play the long game. In Genesis um, chapter 3, it says, now the, the serpent was more subtle than any other beast of the field that God had made. And I had to look that word up, subtle. And it says subtle is nice, fine, delicate. And, and I, I, it was of so many definitions. Van, bless you, sir. It was so many definitions for subtle that I wrote them all down, but I broke them down because um, it's nice, fine, delicate, cunning, wise, refined, smooth, Artful, you know, subtleness in an argument, you know, and and in the debate club, what what, and, and even in, uh, I would say, in courts, what lawyers um, are are artful at doing is baiting witnesses by leading questions. They 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 they, they learn the skill of argument. You know, through cunning craftiness of the tongue. You know, you know, you, when you talk to people, you are you you slick as a rattlesnake. You you like all can't have it, man. You you got a smooth tongue because you're real crafty with your words. And it says that the enemy was more that that serpent. I did I did not put words in there, but it says that the serpent was more subtle than all the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. He was more approachable. He was more beautiful. He was more easy to look on. You know, when you see a, a big bison, you, you see a cow, some of those things because of the size, although they might be gentle animals, some of them, you know, they, they're not easy to, 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 to approach because just of the size of them. But it says that the serpent was more subtle. He was more approachable. He was, he was more crafty. He was more beautiful. He was more easily to be approached than any of the beasts. And it's the same craftiness. It's the same subtlety that he uses. And this is why, this is why I get upset when I hear the word love so much. 
you know, people try to redefine what love is. You know, oh, you're supposed to love me. You, if you love me, you love me the way I am. I, yeah, I do love you the way I am, but the way you are. But what does that have to do with me accepting your behavior? Love doesn't us accept everything. It just loves through it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Born of not itself, is not easily provoked. Does, does not, you know, um, puff its, is not puffed up. It, love endures all things. What? What? Wait a minute. So, so it's problems, it's issues that love goes through. It doesn't, it doesn't pretend that those issues aren't there. It doesn't pretend that the hurt didn't come. It doesn't pretend that the offense didn't happen. But what it does, it it continues to love through it. So, so when we, what 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 the enemy is doing, and you can see some of these somewhere. It's some words that wasn't in your dictionary twenty years ago, ten years ago, that are now in dictionaries to me. And some of them are like like y'all from Philadelphia, so the word John. I, mean, I, I was surprised when the word John got into the dictionary. You know, John is a nine, a person, place, a thing. We 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 everybody's from Philadelphia know that. You know, when you talk about joy, it can be anything. It can be a place you're going. It can be something that you did. It can be something that you heard. So we, we, we're not confused, but what the enemy does with language, with the linguistics of the language, is that he changes the definition according to culture. So, so what what really had me going crazy is because as as our pastor was reading, he was reading from the NIV, and he was reading out of Luke four. You know, and it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach. And NIV, it says, proclaim. Now, this, 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 is, this is the subtility. Now, now I, like I said, it's lost in translation. I don't want to get in trouble with anyone because I know we got scholars that listen and going to listen to this in the future, you know, and say that it's not that harm, not much that harm. But who wants to have to go through an English lesson, an English lesson, when the word just simply says it? It already says what the Lord said, but we wanted to change it. And, and listen, the purpose why the NIV was created was good, you know, and, and what happened, it was a, a brother that was a minister, you know, and, and as he was ministering and he shared his Bible and bought a friend a Bible, you know, his guy was reading it in, in the King's English, he said, how am I supposed to read? How am I supposed to understand this stuff? And this, this, this excited the brother and motivated him to translate it and make it into everyday. So the motivation was correct. And that, that's another reason why the enemy uses our emotions. He uses our emotions because our our means and our motivation, our heart is correct. But he knows he can use that against us to, because he's in for the long game. Because he knows as linguistics change from culture to culture, from city to city. I come down here in Georgia and I'm saying, give me that joint over there. Do like, gee, what? He, he don't even know what I'm talking about. Why? Because just a few hundred miles and the culture is different. The language is different. People don't even know what I'm talking about. When I'm used to saying something that I've been saying all my life for the past 50 years, and now here I am down here, and no one knows what I'm talking about. I ran into a guy, and he, he said, he, I said, I was talking, and I said, to him, said John again. He looked over at me and said, where are you from? 
And I told you, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I figured you were somewhere up there because they don't say that down there. But I heard it before because he was familiar and he had a common place when it comes linguistically to the words that I was saying. But what about when words have been given a completely different meaning? What about when the words and, – and the, and the problem that I had with this is that Luke 4.18 and the King James said, he has anointed me to preach the gospel. There's no mistaking that. There's no mistaking what he means when he says that. He, the problem is – and we know. We know that have been in church, that have been raised in church, that have done somewhat little bit study, that the gospel simply means good news. So for, for us – when it's translated to say he had anointed me to proclaim, I don't even like the word proclaim, but I'm just saying because that's what's in the translation. To proclaim the good news, we understand that it means gospel. But when you're in a culture that doesn't know church linguistics, that doesn't know church um, word studies, that doesn't know that, and we're preaching to a generation that grew up without God that grew up outside of church, that grew up not as we, we were made to come to church. Some people, you know, came because they were alive. They, they, they had a choice to come, but we were made to come. I know I was made to come, you know, and I'm glad I was because now when it comes to certain words that are, are suddenly changed, just change just, just, just a little bit. Just, just, oh, it's because it's common language. But now when that common language disappears, good news can mean anything. To proclaim good news, that could be economics. That, that could be socially. That, that, that could be anything. That could be health-wise. That, that, that can mean anything. But when it says to preach the gospel, when we say the the gospel, if you don't know what the gospel is because you're not familiar with church jargon, church jargon, church language, then it makes you question, what's that? Now you start looking into it. But when it says when it says good news, you know, if, if I'm not common with the language of the Bible, with the language of the time, with with the language in history at that time, then I don't know. See, the common knowledge that was known at that time when Jesus spoke these words, because this was also spoken in Isaiah. But when Jesus said it, it was common because the Jews had a common interest. They wanted from under the thumb of the Roman Empire. They wanted freedom. They wanted deliverance. They wanted to be set out, and they knew that the Messiah was coming to, free, to, to set them free. So when he said to come and preach the good news, even if they didn't understand what the gospel was, they knew that the good news was freedom. They knew that the good news was liberation. They knew that the good news was deliverance. But when you don't know the language and we have all these translations that deviate something. And I wrote because I had to look it up. And the NIV, and one of the comparisons that it says, it says that the NIV was one of the best-selling modern translations of the Bible. And compared to the King James, was, was, con was considered as a continuation of the early translations. The NIV was a thought-to-thought -thought translation but the, it, the King James was considered precise and literal word-for-word word 
translation. I mean, you, you can like what you like. Some people read it because it's easier to comprehend and then use the King James to run reference, you know, along with the Greek and Hebrew lexicon or the Bible dictionary or Webster's dictionary, whatever you have to do to, to study. But when you're talking to people who don't know, when you're talking to people who are not familiar you have to know what the word of God says because they, they won't grasp it. They won't understand it because common knowledge has been lost in translation. Common knowledge has been lost in our deciphering and trying to reach the masses, not believe. And I think as oftentimes because we don't believe that the word of God is sufficient. We, we don't believe that the word of God is enough. We don't believe that the word of God is adequate. But I want to tell you, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it, I'm going to keep on saying for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is. Not our translations, not, not our, and I'm going to say denominations because it, it rhymes, not our translations, not the way we can put things together, but it's the gospel that saves. It's the word of God that transforms. It's not our word. Yeah, yeah, we know we're filled with the spirit, and God gives us stuff according to human knowledge, according to human intellect, according to human spirit, according to the human experience that we can relate one to another. But it's the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's not my words. It's the word of God. And I want to tell you, the word of God is enough. We're battling words that have been lost in translation. We're, we're battling words that have been lost in culture. We're battling words that have been lost according to culture, according to society, according to the norms of society, because we are redefining, and the Bible itself is being redefined by definition in front of our eyes, where we're even being told what the love of God is. We're being told, but this is what the love of God is, if you love. No, the Bible says this is the love of God. God says it. God gives us the definition himself to tell us what the love of God is. He said, and this is the love of God, to keep my commandments. Let me, I got I got I got I got it. <clears throat> this is the love of God, and that's to keep my commandments. That's in 1 John 5, 3. Let's turn there. 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God. I, I, I argue this point and I preach this point. I minister this point and I plead this point every time because the, the, the somatics, the semantics, potatoes, potatoes, honestly, because there, there, there's an issue when we're continuing to try to say how much God loves us. We understand, look, the whole book is written to exercise and to show us and to illustrate the love of God to us, that God came down in the form of man, that, he, that Christ was the God-man that suffered and died for us, that was sacrificed for us, that was hung up for our hang-ups, that, that was buried for us, that arose for us, that's interceding for us. So we know that God loves us, but the problem is, do we love him? 
And in 1 John 5, 3 said, for this is the love of God. Listen, listen to what love is, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. His commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not hard. Why? Because he has become a law for us on the inside. He has given us of his spirit that whereby we keep the law by faith because of him on the inside. He who has written the law has now written it on the tablets of our heart that we keep the law because what? Because he made it so through faith. Not because we're good enough, not because I'm good enough, not because you're good enough, not because we're so suchy much, but because God did it, my God. Because God saw fit to do it for us. Hallelujah. And now he's moved us and is moving us into sanctification. Where now we're living because we want to. It was a struggle before because we did it out of fear. Because we did it out of fear before. Because we didn't do it out of love. We did it because of our fear to go to hell. We didn't That love for us, because he loved us, he dealt with us with long suffering. Because he loved us, he dealt with us in tender mercy. Because he loved us, he dealt with us according to Okay, hang on, listen, audience. Uh, we just lost Reverend Williams, and uh, we will return him to the broadcast. And so Reverend Williams is back. Amen. Amen. Don't allow your heart, don't allow your mind, don't allow your understanding to be lost in translation where the culture is dictating what the word of God means. No, God said what he said when he said it. When it's written, the word is already written. The, the, the word is not going to change because society changed. The word is not going to change because culture changed. The word is not going to change because your desires change. No, we have to meet those standards of the word. The word is not going to meet our standards. We have to meet the standard of the word. We have to, listen, one thing I learned to do, <laughs> one thing I learned to do as a man is cry. My goodness. I mean, because my very desires, as I saw them line up or not line up with the word of God, was against the will of God. My, my very heart, where David said, purge me with his time. It said, wash me and cleanse me. Listen, not just from my transgressions, not just from the things that I broke in the law, but, God, those things that are in me, those iniquities, those proclivities, those things that come up that I didn't even know were there that take me out of your will. I have to put me at the altar. I have to put my heart before the Lord. Why? Because I recognize that in sin, I get lost in translation. I get lost in my desire. I get lost in the culture. I get lost in society and try to dictate. And then society tries to dictate. Your flesh should tell you everybody else is doing it. You went to church. You seen them people. You know such and such. They were just at the club. They, they was out there popping bottles with you. What, what, what is it? But God has called you 
We cannot, and this is one I was guilty of. I was guilty to allow society to change my conviction. We talked about this um, on our last broadcast, talking about Romans 14 and Romans 14, that if the Spirit convicts us, we better answer the call of the Spirit and not look at what other people do because the Lord might let you wear lipstick, but he might not let someone else wear lipstick or vice versa. He might let someone else wear lipstick, but when you put on lipstick, you feel convicted. So what you better do is not wear the lipstick. Don't get lost in translation. I'm going to say this one because when I looked at just that word, just that word, and I read the rest of the scripture in Luke 4:18, it says, "Proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted." In the NIV, that portion of the scripture is completely gone. That 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 sentence, that phrase, to have sent me to heal the brokenhearted is completely gone. It says it just goes to preach deliverance to the captives, but it said proclaim freedom to the prisoners. And I just went for one more scripture, you know, that we often use, and I hear people use it often. You know, I say it myself. You know, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, John 3.16, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. That's the NIV version. The NIV version says shall. You know, but, but the King James version says should. You, you, we know that shall and should, there's a big difference. But now in the English language, where here we go with the semantics against the, you know, we talk about tenses, you know, the present tense that, that should is the past tense of shall in, in certain tenses in English and how you're using, you know, with, with uh, behind predative verbs and all this. Uh, who wants to get into an English lesson on what the word is saying when it already says it's plain what the Lord meant. Well, why do we have to get now into semantics about words? We got with every scripture, we got to we got to take out a word dictionary and study word history. We got to study English just to get the tr- true understanding. But when you're ministering to a person, you're not going to carry three or four books with you going down the street corner, going down the subway. You, you're not going to do that. You want to preach what's in you. But if you if you what's in you is not accurate. How can you preach the gospel accurately if what's in you is not accurate, if what you've learned is not accurate, if the truth that you have is not true or partial truth? I'm so, I don't want to say I'm worried because I know God is not mocked. You know, God is not. What, whatsoever we sow, we're going to reap. You know, and, and we have been sowing to the flesh a lot sowing to the flesh, making good sense. But just because it makes good sense doesn't mean it makes God sense. You, you, you got to understand that. We're trying, to, we're trying to understand or, I would say, create things with our finite thinking that makes sense in time, that makes sense chronologically in the scope and in the realm that we're in as men and as women. But God is from everlasting to everlasting. God is eternal. The word is eternal. You know, and, and Psalms tell us that the word has been tried. 
The word is not only true, but it's been tested. It's a saying that's being said now, and people are talking about social constructs. So they're about now trying to destroy the very foundation of what is called the patriarchy. They're trying to destroy that. But in, in turn, they want to turn everything upside down. It, it, and I don't want to go into any philosophies about ordering chaos and all that other stuff. But there is, a, a, I would say, a hierarchy that had been established. And the word of God says if the foundations be destroyed, what, what can the righteous do? And the enemy is trying to destroy the foundation by losing truth through defined translations of culture. And I can't put it no better than that, that the culture has become the norm. What's right with the mob is what's right with the world, where there is no absolute anymore. And that's how cultures are. There's a certain culture in San Francisco, there's a certain culture in New York, there's a certain culture in Atlanta, there's a certain culture in Miami, there's a certain culture in, in Dallas, there's a certain culture in Philadelphia, there's a certain culture in every city, town, borough. You go in some places and some of the things that had the, the young lady who went over to Dubois that was a, an owner of a business and, and what we call in our society boss. But she went and got into an argument with a man and got loud. And what did they do? They don't play that over there. They arrested her and threw her in jail because in their culture, you don't do that. And she got arrested for doing something that we're free to do. Listen, you and I are free. Christ has made us free moral agents. But we belong. Don't get it twisted. We belong to God. God owns us. All souls belong to God, but yet the Bible tells us that even now, hell is enlarging itself. A place that was made for the devil and his angels is enlarging itself because men refuse the gospel. Refuse just simply to do it God's way. Refuse and, and and rebel against truth because their boys don't want to do it. Their homies, their friends, society tells them you can do what you want. And, hey, it's true. We can do anything we want, but we want to suffer the consequences of our choices. I pray that that's not you tonight. But I just felt that I needed to share as we're reading and going through the things that we're going through in our Bibles, that we're not just reading because it's what we're supposed to do, but we're reading that truth would be saturated in our hearts, that truth would be saturated in our mind, that truth would resonate in us, that when someone comes, that that same truth that have germinated by the Spirit of God would raise up in us where we can tell people truth against culture, truth over society, truth over the masses, that we can tell them what thus saith the Lord. If you're one and you have not repented, 
you have not turned your heart over to God. I want to say a prayer with you, a prayer of repentance. The Bible says in John 10 that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, that we shall be saved. There go that shall and should again. For with the mouth man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know, goes further to tell us in Romans that, you know, all were with Moses. All were baptized in the cloud. All, my God, were baptized in the cloud. All walked with him in the wilderness. But then it gives us a sentence that says, but not with all was God well pleased. I know you say you might be going to church. You know, you, you, you say your prayers, you read your Bible, but... The bottom line is, is God pleased with your life? If you feel that you, he's not and you want, you feel the need to repent, I want, you, I want to say a prayer with you. I want you to repeat with me, and I want you to say it and mean it, and God is going to do exactly what you ask him to do. Say, God, be merciful to me. And forgive me my sin and wash me in the blood. Hey, Maria, bless you, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Save my soul and write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I ask it in Jesus' name and to his glory. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord and master of my life. Thank you, Lord. Amen, my soul. Amen. If you said what you meant, you meant what you said God has done, what you've asked. We want to pray with you, and then we're going to have our brother come on. He's going to give you some information about Purpose Kingdom, you know, how you can correspond you know, we're here on DTW Ministries every other Tuesday, so our next broadcast will be on the 28th, you know, um, but I want to pray with you, and then we're going to bring on Rob for our next portion. So, God, we do thank you for those that have repented and repeated, God, by faith, even as we come to you tonight, I'm bringing everyone that has gone through and we'll go through this prayer of repentance, that you would not only cleanse, that you would not only forgive, God, but that you would touch, that you would heal, that you would deliver, God, that you would get them and direct them towards Bible preaching, a Bible teaching church, God, that they may learn the word in truth, God, that they may learn to rightly divide the word, God, even, even us and us ministers and us that have been going this way for some time. God, even as you're equipping us, we pray, God, that you will give us discernment for truth in the name of Jesus. God, and I pray for every soul, God, that has repented and repeated that prayer. God, that you would not only deliver them, God, but that you would set their feet on a plain path, that you would direct them, that you, God, would take your abode with them in the name 
of Jesus' Holy Spirit that you would strengthen and touch them, continue and equip with them, equip them, God, as you walk with them in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. We're going to bring Brother Rob on. You know, Brother Rob's going to come on with a few announcements and, um, some again, some information on how to correspond with Purpose Kingdom. And then we're going to come back with the final word and the benediction. Okay, okay. Amen, amen. Thanks so much, Reverend Williams, for tonight's episode. Uh, truly enjoyed it and appreciated the word that it brought forth. Okay, real quickly, this is a product of Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Whether you're joining us via phone or online, we greatly appreciate your listenership and support for us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And we also thank those that share with your friends and family members. Okay, anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. Anytime we do a live calling, uh, live show, we do have a call-in number, which is 319-527-6091. Anytime you want to talk to any one of our hosts, you just press the number one, and we'll get you on as quickly as we can. We also like to invite you on our Facebook page, which is at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. We can see our upcoming shows, advertisements, and from time to time, we do make major announcements on the social media pages as well as others. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, and... Um, also, please check us out at uh, pkn.com where you can hear 24 hours of music of inspiration. Anytime you want to hear any of our past shows, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. Just simply type in the host name or the show name, and you can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. Okay, and uh, tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour, please join us for It's Your Story, So Tell It, and it's going to be hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. Once again, with God's will and God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour. For it's your story, so tell it. By hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. Okay. With that being said, um, that's going to be the end of our announcements, and I want to turn the show back over to Reverend Williams. And uh, Reverend Williams, excellent show tonight. Oh, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You know, um, I, I, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read um, First John. What I give you, giving you guys earlier. Five, three in context. I'm going to read from verse one um, down down to three. Um, Whosoever believed that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Wow. There's it earlier too. By them read verse two again. By this we know we recognize that we love the children of God. Wow. We recognize and I don't want to go on and on to that, but by this we know you need to read this that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. So according to this, I can't even say that I truly love you when I'm holding the truth by living unrighteously. When I'm, when, when I'm not living up to standard, it says I know that I love God. I, I love the children of God, and I love God when I keep his commandments. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his 
commandments. Verse 3, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome, are not grievous, the King James said. And I'm going to just read down to 5. For whatsoever born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? What a promise. There's some people that you meet that the countenance and the love of God just I would say permeates you know, or beams, shines off them. And I often talk about um, Maria um, Cachinero when I say that, you know, and use her as an example. You know, but I've, I've met some people that when you when they tell you what their story was, you know, you're just like, wow, you would have never known because the love of God has so transformed him. The love of God has so performed a metamorphosis on their character that they look nothing like what they came out of. I used to use Maria all the time when I thought about that, but when I think about that now, the first person I think about is my mom. You know, when I think about what God has done in his love, she has a saying, you know, no matter what. And, whew, that's a strong saying because I put her through some stuff. <laughs> I done said some stuff. I done done some stuff. But she said, I love you no matter what. You know, it's a, it's a step further than people would say, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it. But she said, no matter what. And I've often used that as an illustration because once you say you love, once I say I love you, that has nothing anymore to do with you because if I love, I'm patient. If I love, I'm kind. If I love, I don't vaunt myself. I'm not easily provoked. I'm not puffed up. I don't seek my own. My God, if I love, then all the things of First Corinthians are the attributes of my character and actions towards you. It doesn't have anything to do with your actions and character towards me. It has everything to do with me. And that's what God is trying to get us because this, although we're heart to heart, although we're arm in arm, although, you know, we're going on these things and we see the masses, God has done and is doing for us an individual walk. Someone did you wrong, God is still requiring you to respond correctly, not appropriately. <laughs> some of the, some appropriate responses, <laughs> some people, somebody going to end up in jail or worse. But God is calling us to respond correctly according to the word of God, according to the spirit of God, according to the plan and the purposes of God. We thank you. We bless God for you. You know, thank you for all of you guys that have tuned in. You know, um, we just thank God for the opportunity to just be with before you. You know, keep us in prayer. You know, um, DTW Ministry. You know, it's often a struggle. You know, um, I was telling Rob, it's often a struggle 
when you're trying to get a word, you know, because I don't consider myself a preacher. I just love to minister. I don't like seeing people in error. It bothers me when I see people in error. I think it's more, I'm, I've been more towards a teacher, you know, than a preacher anyway, because I want to see people in deliverance, walking in their authority, you know, walking in their God-given freedom, you know, um, and dominion. So keep us in prayer. You know, we, we thank God for you. You know, but, you know, let's close out and, and we'll just go and we'll see you again on the 28th, same time, you know, 9 o'clock on the 28th Tuesday. So, God, we thank you. Thank you for the word, God, that's going forth. God, in simplicity, God, that you've called us to not get lost in the translations of our culture, to not get lost in the translations of our society, even the definitions that seem to change sometimes often from generation to generation, where words that meant one thing 10 years ago mean something completely different today. God, and I pray, God, that as we continue to move forward, as we continue to seek you, God, that you would give us truth on the inward part, that we would desire truth on the inside in the name of of Jesus, that you will deliver us from everything that holds us captives. Satan, the Lord rebuke you, and the blood of Jesus is against you. I pray, God, for every believer under the sound of my voice that will listen to this voice, listen to this video, and that listening even now, God, that you would speak a word of encouragement, God, a word of power, a word of deliverance to them in the name of Jesus. God, those that have repented and repeated through the prayer, God, and the sinner's prayer, God, that you would stand up in them, give them Holy Ghost boldness, God. Equip them with your righteousness, God, in the name of Jesus, that they may desire truth and righteousness from the inside out. In the name of Jesus, sanctify us even more. Take us higher, root us deeper in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you in church. Glory to God. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. He set me free, I will not lose. Never want to see me down, I will not lose. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.